When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of the Golf Unfiltered podcast is brought to you by WorldwideGolfShops.com. Be sure to go out to WorldwideGolfShops.com for all of your equipment, apparel, and accessory needs. They've even got training aids. They've got all the great stuff from all the brands that you hear on our podcast every week. So once again, that is WorldwideGolfShops.com. You're listening to the Golf Unfiltered podcast, your source for in-depth interviews with the biggest names, brands, and personalities in golf. Our mission, to keep you informed and help you enjoy the game even more. And now, the owner and host of the Golf Unfiltered podcast, Adam Fonseca. Welcome back, everybody, to the Golf Unfiltered podcast. Hope everyone's still hanging in there. I think we're getting through this thing. At the time of this recording, things are starting to look a little bit better. Not only weather-wise, but also with this pesky pandemic. At any rate, you know where to find us all over social media, at Golf Unfiltered. You can send us an email, adam, at golfunfiltered.com. Hello to our friends who are listening to this on the THP mobile app, and to our friends over at thehackersparadise.com, and of course, hello to our friends over at Cleveland, Srixon, and Zexio. Folks, uh, this is a little bit of another local-themed podcast episode where we speak with Mr. Troy Newport. He is the general manager over at Cog Hill Golf and Country Club here in Lamont, Illinois. Troy and I uh, apparently live very near each other. I did not know this, but we go into a lot of detail today about not only how Cog Hill is doing, but also the golf industry in general from his perspective. Troy's been the GM over at Cog Hill for about a year as of the time of this recording. And uh, there was some very exciting news that came out in January around the PGA Merchandise Show time, and that was that the World Long Drive Championship was coming here to Cog Hill. So then this pandemic hit, and a lot had to change. And what was really surprising, and you'll hear this in today's episode with Troy, is that while a lot changed in the world, and certainly in golf, because here in Illinois we are shelter-in-place, which means that you can't go out and play golf, or at least you're not supposed to, but there's still a very positive outlook for the World Long Drive, which tentatively is to take place in September 2020. So Troy and I go into all of that. We talk all about the new features at Cog Hill as well, including Top Tracer, which for those who are not aware of what that is, we go into that detail also. I really hope everyone's doing fine. I just want to say that from a personal side because I know that I'm going a little crazy here indoors. I know it's difficult, but luckily the weather's nice. I could still go out for a walk. I cut my grass today, which it's not my favorite thing in the world to do, but at least it was something to do outside outdoors. And I want to say also that for all of you that that bought all of the hitting nets, (laughs) everything is sold out. I can't find a hitting net anywhere. And I'm not even sure I could use one in my house because we have an older home and whatever. But I can't. I, I couldn't even try. So I'm mad at all of you. Actually, I'm, I'm happy that all of you are still supporting the golf industry in that way. I'm just being selfish because I want a damn hitting net. Anyway, <laughs> that being said, I look forward to the day that I can go back out to Cog Hill to the driving range, take place uh, or take part in everything that I love there, 
and all the great work that Troy and his team have done uh, over the last year. So sit back and relax. Hope you enjoy this conversation with Troy Newport, the general manager over at Coghill. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Ben Hogan Golf Equipment Company. No big hype, no big price, but definitely a big deal. Take advantage of their factory direct model where you cut out the middleman and get the best products shipped to your door direct from the company. They've got a demo program to try out their products before you buy, a trade-up program to get these clubs in your hands even quicker, and special financing where you can split your payment into four to make these clubs even more affordable. Go to BenHoganGolf.com to learn more. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the show. And you know what? It's not too often that I have a chance to have a local on the show, and especially someone the likes of Mr. Troy Newport. He's the general manager over there at Cog Hill Golf and Country Club. And, you know, Troy, it's a fantastic time for us to really have the chance to sit down and connect. I'm so glad that you're able to come on the show and talk with me today. Yeah, thanks, Adam. Um, it's uh, I'm fairly new to this position, uh, not new to the golf business, but new to the position, new to the area. So it's a great chance for us to to talk to uh, your listenership and, and um, just have a conversation I love to talk about golf and, and the business of golf and pretty much everything that you can imagine that's related to that. So I'm looking forward to it. Longtime listeners to our show will know that I live in Lamont, Illinois, and I don't live too far from your course. And, you know, I know that you and I have connected over social media uh, and I'm there way too often. I just have to say, <laughs> my, my wife will attest to that. But Right, right. She's the one that knows. <laughs> she's the one that knows, definitely. <laughs> and so, you know, Troy, I'm just really excited to have the chance to speak with you because, you know, obviously right now with, you know, golf being uh, on the back burner right now because of Illinois' shelter-in-place order, and at least at the time of this recording, that's still in effect, and we're hoping that it, it passes up pretty soon here. But before we get into your time at Cog Hill and, and how things are going. Why don't you let our, our listeners know a little bit about Troy Newport, how you got involved in the game and how you got uh, attached to Cog Hill. Yeah, it's always fun to, to talk about how you learn the game and, and, uh, and, and that kind of stuff. I think uh, for me, uh, as an Indiana kid, I grew up in, in central Indiana in a farm area on a farm. And loved baseball first, frankly. It's just be honest about it. Mm. Um, didn't know any golfers to say. Um, out in that area, but loved baseball, played little league baseball and that type of thing. Had a chance to uh, to take up the game uh, because of one of my grandfather's friends, actually, um, and got really interested. And pretty much from age 13 to the time I, you know, Babe Ruth baseball was over for me for that season. I never really went back to baseball. Just took up golf mm. um, and just it totally absorbed my time as it does now nowadays. Too. <laughs> um, but you know, in, played in high school. I played uh, in college golf at Butler University uh, in, in Indianapolis. That was a great experience there. Um, and had a choice with a degree in, in uh, college about whether to stay in the, in the golf business or go forward with the business and um, business degree. And there, it wasn't really that difficult a choice for me. I mm-hmm. took an assistant job in, in, in Florida at, right out of college. And and um, I've worked at a lot of different places. It's it's a gypsy style, style lifestyle for a lot of golf professionals, guys that um, that follow the PGA path. And, and I did do that. I became a member uh, back in 1992. And so most recently, um, we were looking for a chance to get back closer to home. And we were in Kansas City working for Troon Golf. I've been working for them for about 12 years. Mm. Loved that company. 
I'm sure your listeners know the company really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, loved the people with the company. It was a great experience for me as a, uh, a general manager to learn how they operated and, and get a little more sophisticated in our operations uh, and how they and how they did things is really, uh, really efficient and really cool. Um, but we wanted to get closer to home, and the Cog Hill opportunity came up to interview for. And, we, and our only daughter, my wife Kathy, and my only daughter Mia lives in Milwaukee. So it was a great location. I knew about Cog Hill from when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So I, and I'd heard the Gemsic name, had never met any of them, and had never stepped foot on the property. But lucky enough to go through the interview process and, and get the job last uh, last spring. And the other part I have to add is I'm a public golf guy. I I spent nine nine years at a private club, and I tell people I I won't go back to do that unless I have to. Um, <laughs> it was, uh, uh, public golf is how I learned the game. I learned it in a municipal golf course. It's where I feel comfortable. It's the golfers I love. So it was for, so Cog Hill is kind of like the top of that mountain. So I, I think I know what you mean from the comment of private versus public. I used to work at a private course growing up in a nearby suburb. Mm-hmm. But what, what would you say is the main difference that would make you say that you're a public golf guy? Um, well, first of all, that's the part of the game that I know. That's mm-hmm. the, I grew up on a course where you were always felt like, you know, you felt like you belonged. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if you even if you didn't belong, you know what I'm saying, like a private club. But my experience as a general manager at a management club or at a management company, rather, um, you know, you, it's it's just a difficult world to break into, and 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 they, you're, there's a little bit of an adversarial uh, relationship with the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, they always want to push things a certain way, and you want them to do business like a business. And it was just um, it, it just wasn't the way I would expect that to be. Um, and I had been general manager at another public course in addition to this one, and I know that that that, that experience is different. Um, so having never been a member of a private club. It just wasn't a world I felt. I didn't feel like I was in my own skin there. Yeah, yeah, I could totally relate relate with that. I'm a public golf guy too, so no worries <laughs> there. Um, and so obviously you, you found your way uh, via Indiana down to Florida, then Kansas City, and now into Lamont, Illinois. And so, you know, Cog Hill obviously carries – it's a very popular name in the world of golf, not only – in Illinois, but certainly just in the world of golf. I mean, there's just been so many fantastic tournaments and a lot of history there. Uh, right, you right. know, when you first started at Cog Hill, I mean, what were the expectations that you had for yourself walking in the door? Well, it's really interesting. And I don't know, you probably met the outgoing, uh, the gentleman who retired last fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had been the general manager there for 40 years. Uh, his name is Nick Mokelke, locally kind of a legend. Uh, and a guy that I, you know, came in and, and I knew that he was going to overlap with me. The way the Gym Six had it set up, they wanted him to stay through the season at, at in the same time that I was there. Well, that of course can go many different ways. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, luckily, our our personalities meshed well enough, and Nick was gracious enough uh, to kind of let me come in and do and do what I felt like needed to be done, along with his backlog of information that he has about the facility and the people. And I'll never catch up with that. You know, I always tell people I'll never. No chance of me breaking his record of 40 years, so all the pressure's off. Uh, <laughs> but um, my expectations were that I was coming to a facility that um, that the owners loved, and they loved golf. And they, I, going through the interview process, I could tell these weren't people who were looking to milk it for everything it was worth and walk away because they didn't didn't engage with the game of golf. I mean, that engagement with the game of golf I've never seen at, at this level. Um, you know, with the Jemsic family, and that's Frank and 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 his daughter Catherine, and and her her sister Marla, and their brother Joe. 
um, they they eat and breathe this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I knew that you know if what changes we made were probably going to be difficult ones to to convince. We better have our data in front of us and our information about what was going to be good about the change. Um, but I've been really pleasantly surprised by um, by interaction with them and also the things we've been able to get done so far. Some of them um, a little less customer-based, but also just trying to, to move our business forward and modernize it. You know, it's interesting, too, because uh, you mentioned, of course, Mr. Jemsek and then his family, and I've gotten to know uh, Joe a little bit over social media. And then uh-huh. what I really appreciate is whenever I go, even if I'm just going to hit range balls or if I'm playing you know, one of the four courses on the property, there's Mr. Jemsek usually in his golf cart saying thank you to everybody yeah. that's playing the course. I mean, that's just uh, – I, I definitely relate to what you just said about how they live and breathe this stuff. Well, just a, a short story that happened today. Okay, so my my daughter's here working um, from home for her business in Milwaukee that she works for. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and we've been together. So we're doing the social distancing thing. And, you know, but we've been together, the three of us. Um, and she had to go in and scan some uh, information at, at work today. And, um, and Frank came in. And, you know, she got to hear firsthand. And we're keeping him kind of, you know, at distance from people. We don't want Frank to get to get uh, right. uh, sick or, or compromised in any way. But she heard firsthand, you know, he'd say, well, these are ideas. I got some ideas. He goes, I don't, you, you, you know, whatever you, you tell me they're wrong, uh, I'm fine with that. I just want, you know, I just want to give you some ideas. Now, here's an 80-year-old man who's not only asking you for your opinion, but is willing to listen to you if you shoot something at his down. Uh, because he just, you know, he said, I couldn't sleep last night. I had these ideas. I got up and wrote them down. Hmm. Uh, I mean, he is that guy, and when you talk about um, greeting people, what I love is my favorite part of the outing is the end of the day when they come in for their for their meal, and he sits at the top of the the uh, the walkway where people are going down to the pavilion, and and like you said, literally tells everyone, uh, "Thank you, God bless you for coming to the mm-hmm. you know to Cock Hill," and yeah, they don't see that stuff much anymore. No, they certainly don't. I mean, it's it's uh, Cog Hill is is uh, very much an experience for anyone that wants to experience it. I mean, you go and you you can you just have that feeling of you know what you belong here. And there's a lot of people that you know it, it, you see all walks of life. I mean, you've had I mean for crying Correct. out loud, you've had uh, huge tournaments over at Cog Hill over the years, of course, and we'll get to that here in a second, but also you've had those outings. I mean, I've played in golf outings there and it's, it's every man or woman or child can go and, and feel like they, they belong in this atmosphere. And I think that that's something that I would imagine Troy was something that was made very clear to you right when you started that, Hey, we have to protect this. Absolutely. Well, the other part of it is that, you know, Dubs has the, is the kind of the big gorilla in the room. Um, rightfully so, having having all the events and not, you know my my quick way of telling people about Dubs is Tiger won there five times. That usually gets their attention, right? Uh, and um, but you know the other part of it is I finally got a chance to see the other golf courses and get out there and play. And I and being from Indiana, I know what a you know what a flat Indiana golf course looks like, or what a flat Illinois golf course looks like. Or, <laughs> um, but literally one and three, which are are less expensive courses uh, and the oldest courses there. Um, are, there's some beautiful spots out there and I'm, you know, I'm doing the sales thing here, but there's some beautiful spots. The, the outings really love coming back and playing those golf courses when they only play one and three, some of them don't even ever get near dubs. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, 
you know, those, those, those two courses, one and three get about the same amount of rounds every year. It's just like clockwork. Um, so people enjoy them kind of equally. Um, but it is a level of appreciation for the golfer and, and also for what they're looking to do. I mean, they're still trying to do things on the other courses, not just dubs. Uh, Frank wanted to put some shorter tees in for senior players and junior players in their family golf program that they have. So last year they built some forward tees on the number three course uh, that I think are going to work out really well. So he's always, and the Jemsic family is always thinking that way. You know, and it's it's so evident because – there is so much history at Cog Hill, and there's so many great tournaments. And you referenced that Tigers uh, won there five times. Does he still have the course record at Dubs, by the way? I don't believe so, but I okay. I, I asked that question before, um, and I know at one time he did, but um, I'll have to research that one on you because uh, I know Chris Pulitzer, who's our Dubs manager, has kind of our store is our store of that information. But I'll tell you, Joe Jemsic knows it all too. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to ask Joe too. So, but the the point being though is that you've got all this history at this just fantastic golf course, and you are also staying in touch with what the modern golfer wants, and that was extremely evident with the inclusion of Top Tracer in your driving range recently. How how did that uh, decision transpire? Well, it helped a little bit. Early on, I, I got there. I, ha- I had been at a facility that had dynamic pricing, and that's something I really wanted to do. Hmm. Even mention it in the interview process, and I, and I thought I would get some resistance. That's a it was in the Chicago area. There's not a ton of public golf courses that are doing that yet. I was surprised. Um, there are some markets where there's a lot of a lot of the public courses are already doing that, and that was a really easy ask. That immediately I was told we could run with that. Got that done. It worked out like I had hoped it would. Uh, I think that greased the, the the rails a little bit for the top tracer uh, conversation. Mm-hmm. They came to us and said, "Hey, we have a deal where um, you know we can give you a couple months of trial and put the equipment in and see what you think." And I just felt like once we talked about it, that that Coghill would be the perfect driving range for that uh, that technology. Yeah. And um, there was a place nearby Mistwood uh, mm-hmm. in our area that has it in, in a dome. Uh, but we would be effectively the first person in a kind of a 30 first golf course range in the 30 mile radius or so that had um, outdoors. Mm-hmm. And it was you know really wildly successful until we had to close. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, it, you know, and it's a fantastic addition. I mean, you have a fantastic practice facility, first of all, as I already said earlier, I'm, I'm there way too often. And, you know, I wish my game reflected that, but in the same token, um, you know, having Top Tracer there, I mean, it's always fantastic to see a driving range full of all, all walks of life. I mean, there's, yeah. there's, you know, no stereotypical golfers there. It's everyone out there just trying to improve themselves or just, you know, have a good time. And it's a little bit of a different atmosphere than the other uh, location that you mentioned earlier. You know, it's not in a dome. There's not a restaurant right there close to the driving range, but people can go and still actually get all the metrics that they want. They can have fun. There's a gamification element to Top Top Tracer. And it's just, it's really encouraging to see that, of course, the stature of Cog Hill is is keeping in tune with with customers yeah and i think the technology part of it is a surprise I, I expected the younger generations to really embrace that that portion of it but I, I think it's made me a believer and i'm i'm a 56 year old guy so i'm not a young dude mm. uh, but i love technology when it when it makes sense and it's applicable i mean it's something that somebody can use makes their life easier um i don't believe you know i have a daughter that's uh that's a part almost in that millennial range and i don't believe that that all the technology is, is super useful, but um, you 
if you come out with a piece of a technology like this, you'll see guys my age or older out there using that on their on their mobile device because it allows you to store all of your you know statistics from when you hit the golf ball and wh- and where they go and what the distance is and how far offline and it's really been a game leveler for us on that point is that it's not just the younger people who like that technology. That's for sure. You know, it's funny. Uh, whenever I'm there and there's usually, you know, sometimes there's a brief wait. It's not a long wait by any means, but I'll be just kind of hanging back waiting for a stall to open and I'll see somebody hit a shot and then they'll look at the screen to see how far they hit it. And then they frown and then they look down at their their golf club and they're like, I only hit it that far, but I think you're right. I mean, that it is the great equalizer. I mean, yeah, man, that's that's how far you actually hit that club. So it's, I think people are are learning more about their games too, which is absolutely a fantastic thing to see. Yeah, I mean, even this little part, like somebody asked me, what's the putting like on Top Tracer? And it's like it's as you know, it's a if if you're playing one of the games like mm-hmm. the the uh, the virtual games, it's it's chipping, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't know, that's the worst part of my game because I don't play as much golf anymore as I'd like to. But it's gonna if I do that a lot, it's gonna make me a better player because I literally need to practice those fifty to seventy yard shots, and that's your putting in that game. So um, I think they set that up probably with some uh, foreknowledge about that, but uh, it certainly helps me. Uh, hopefully, I'll see some gain from that, like you said. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, once again, listeners, we're talking to Troy Newport. He's the general manager over at Cog Hill. Um, Troy, you mentioned the aesthetics of the course. And I have to say, one of my favorite places in Illinois, and I I mean this sincerely, is walking up 11, going towards the 11 green on Dubs Dread, and then, of course, the the overlook on 12. It's it's absolutely breathtaking to see all of the hills in this part. I I think we live in the hilliest part of Illinois here in Lamont. Um, and it's just absolutely fantastic, but you know, aside or in addition to top tracer, and there are so many other events that Cog Hill does every single year, there's other ways that you're utilizing the golf course to reach out to the community, such as a farm to table dinner that I know listeners have heard us uh, talk about on the show before. Yeah, that's interesting because, because there's a legend out there. I don't know who started this, but. Um, somebody said between uh, the tip of Lake Michigan and the Mississippi River, the highest point um, on this line falls on the golf course somewhere. I don't know if that's true huh, or not. Really? I did uh, not know that. Yeah. Um, somebody's going to hopefully write back and say, yeah, it's not even close, doofus. But uh, <laughs> but, uh, but that's, I mean, you're right. There's a spot there behind the 11 green where you stand on and, when, and where you guys had the farm dinner was not too far beyond that. Um, on what we call Pork Chop Hill. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't know they were calling it that for like two months before I even knew was smart enough to ask why they call it that. Uh, realizing later that uh, when they told me that this, that's where they sold pork chops during the, the Western Open and, and the <laughs> W Championship. So yep. uh, there was literally a stand there that sold pork chops on a stick. Yep. And it is an unbelievable spot. I was there that evening. To, to watch I didn't get a chance to sit down and eat like the rest of you folks did but um, but it was a cool evening in a nice in a really great spot um, you talking about the bottom behind 11 green mm-hmm. that's we're thinking about putting some self you know some self selfie spots oh, basically nice. you, yeah and that would be that's got to be one of them right I mean that's a, a a really great place to get that to get that downhill slope it's it's like a mini North Carolina type shop you have those yeah. hilly courses with the trees uh, below you so um, that part of the golf course is really gorgeous. Oh, it's it's absolutely breathtaking. And, you know, shout out to Angelica and Chris, you know, who are part of the, the staff over there who help make that happen. Because you've also got the farm that's behind 
uh, where actually where, if I remember correctly, where once the Western Open was there, where all the parking was. That's where the Correct. farm That's is now. That's the parking areas, yeah. And then, like I said, I was out for the, we had some music there. We had uh, the invitees were having some cocktails in the in the farm area. And then Angelica and Chris have done a great job of, of incorporating uh, a lot of different types of, uh, of herbs and plants and things that we can use. We've used some for the kitchen. Uh, we've used them for the farm dinner. And I know Angelica has plans to, you know, further enhance what's out there. We actually were going to do, uh, before all this came up, going to do like a, a, not a farm dinner, but like an appetizer night and uh, with a local vendor here, possibly Wooden Paddle. Met, yeah, I've met nice. Jonathan, I you know. Um, and so that was uh, that was something, and, and we will do it at some point. It doesn't matter whether it's going to happen on the original timeline or not. That's that's a that's great news, and and I have I've known I've gotten to know John pretty well over at Wooden Paddle. And listeners, if you're local to the area, by the way, I mean, come out. We got a nice little area out here in Lamont, Illinois. Wooden Paddle's a fantastic, um, you know, I would say artisan. I guess I'll yeah. use that word. Uh, pizza yeah. pizza parlor in town. And craft cocktails, which I'm not oh, yeah. interested in at all. I'm just telling you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, have you taken advantage of their carryout for their craft cocktails, by the way? <laughs> I have not, but I heard that it's available. That's really cool. Dude, you have to. You yeah. absolutely have to. There's nothing like getting a Scofflaw uh, bourbon drink, you know, just picking <laughs> that awesome. up. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, uh, with Cog Hill, and obviously there's a lot of great stuff that's going on, and, and we are in this weird time. We've referenced it a few times here, Troy, and I think, let's just call it what it is. We know many people in this industry right now that are struggling, and mm-hmm. there, I, I think even this week, at the time of this recording, I heard of another major brand going through furloughs, what have you. Um, everyone is thinking about, okay, well, how is golf going to survive this? You know, right now, I, I think they will, of course. I'm very hopeful with that, and I'm sure you do too. Golf right. has gone through many worse things in its existence. Um, yep. But in the same token, you know, we are in a state right now, probably rightfully so, I would have to say that's up for debate, that is shelter in place, and that means that there's no golf. So, how is Coghill doing right now? I know that you, for example, um, at least at the time of this recording, it's it's Easter Sunday in a couple of days. You were offering carryout for Easter Sunday. Yeah, I mean, just real quickly before we get to that, I mean, sure. you know, I had the first couple uh, real personal situations with me. I had a PGA professional I, that when I first worked in Florida, who was with a golf school down in that in that area where I was, and. And his whole group kind of took me under their uh, under their wing, and and he's my age. Uh, I think Dave was fifty eight or fifty nine, uh, passed away recently from the virus. And, oh, jeez. Um, so I mean, that really kind of that hit home with me, knowing that there's this is happening all over the place. But until it's someone you literally know, um, you know, it, it it is a little different for sure. Um, but I, I mean, I just think that right now the 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 biggest issue for us is is. Uh, you know, having trust that the, you know the gym six have been awesome during this time. They they're trying to do everything they can to keep folks um, busy and and uh, employed. We've got folks working from home uh, who are our event managers. Um, we we are able in Illinois to continue to maintain the golf courses, which I was mentioning to you before uh, before we were recording that in Minnesota they weren't allowing them to do that. Um, that would be a nightmare scenario for us. I mean, just to have that big a property and not be able to. And just to have to let it grow up, that would be, uh, I don't know if I could see that or watch right. it. Um, but, you know, I think the, the biggest thing for us is just trying to, you know, we're usually in planning mode in February and March. Um, and it's just stre- it's stretched out another 30 to 60 days. And knowing that our 2020 is going to be way different 
so my goal as a general manager is help the owners find ways to control expenses, deal with the business that we do have coming. It's going to all shift to the, we hope, to the fall and late summer. And that's the most challenging time for us typically to get help, uh, have employees um, because of schools um, being, being back. Well, and, and I do imagine that there's a lot of timelines that are being pushed back, and I think fall is a, is what everyone's kind of thinking about right now. I mean, even you know Augusta, for example, they're thinking about the Masters in November for crying out loud. Um, and I, I do think that the way that people, uh, the way that people not only play golf, but the way that there's going to be a new normal for a little bit, and then people are going to be a little weary being around folks. I mean, I just went to Jewel. A little bit ago before we started recording today and everyone's kind of looking at each other cross-eyed and you're you know yeah. you know and, it's, yep. <clears throat> and and i think you know that those are all things that even for a public game a a social game like golf you have to take into consideration and it sounds like you know you're already planning for that as as eventually this this uh, shelter in place gets gets lifted yeah and I, i'm just basically saying to all of our staff and to the ownership saying if we can get you know i want to get four people on a tee yeah, if we can do that 18 times all at once, that would be awesome. But um, four people on a tee, they, they can stay their own distance and they can go out and play the game and, and be outside and I think be safe. Um, the hard part is just even for November at the Masters is, um, you know, there won't be a vaccine by then more than likely. So right. it's just a matter of, you know, how are they going to make sure people are safe and how are the people who are more concerned about things for whatever reason, whether their age or their health conditions or whatever, how are they going to stay involved in, in golf? And, you know, Troy, I, d- I don't want to put you on the spot, but I would be remiss not to at least bring up the, uh, the long drive championship. Um, you know, back in uh, January when things seemed normal, when we were all at the PGA merchandise show, I know, <laughs> I know that word came out that, you know, Cog Hill would host a long, world long drive event. And then this pesky pandemic hit um, to the point that you just brought up, the fact that there will there would need to be crowds of people around each other. I would imagine that the timeline has been affected, but I could be wrong. I, where do things stand right now with that that progress with the world long drive? Well, they just came out with an uh, announcement the other day. They're going to basically they the qualifiers and most of the tour events that they hold throughout the season are, are have already been canceled. Mm-hmm. Uh but we originally we were in touch and we still are in touch with NBC Sports, who owns the franchise for uh, World Long Drive um, Championship. And for folks who don't know that, um, they've been very uh, great about us building the grid and where we were going to build it and what it was going to look like. And so that event for September 3rd through 9th is still on their books and still a go at this point. It is the kind of thing, as you know, Adam, that if you didn't have any spectators, the, the real thing for this event is it's on the golf channel. It's on, you know, um, it's televised the two nights, two final nights. So I, I'm sure there's some discussion at their level about, you know, how do we want to have, do we want to have spectators? Certainly we do. We want to have it. We want Chicagoland to be able to see this, uh, in all its glory. Um, the athletes are awesome. The, the show is awesome. They've got fireworks. They've got, you know, people hitting it a million yards <laughs> and, um, and it's a fun. It's a. We thought it would be a really fun thing for Cog Hill to have, like perfectly in our wheelhouse, um, of growing the game, getting people interested in it in a different way. Um, and so it's still on. That is the is the short answer there. Mm-hmm. Um, but w- you know, we'll see. Well, I think 
NBC is going to make the final decision on it. We've not put so much money into building a grid that it's going to be a, a big issue for us if we have to move it back uh, to another year. Um, we were contracted with them, not in written form, but we talked with them about doing five years of events. <laughs> so if it doesn't happen in 2020, which we would all hate, but if it doesn't, we would. I think we're you know we're going to be back at Cog Hill with that event. That's great news, and I know I will do anything I can to be there because I just I was overjoyed at the the prospect of being able to see that type of event over at Cog Hill. And, and you know, and speaking of events, you know, obviously the PGA Tour had a, a a stronghold, or at least they were a constant presence for many years over at Cog Hill at Dubs Dread. You know, with the Western Open, then of course the BMW Championship. And, you know, obviously the PGA Tour has not been there for a number of years. But thinking ahead, let's just say that, you know, the World Long Drive goes off and it's absolutely fantastic in September. And I know that you're probably thinking in the future as well. Could we see another professional event at Cog Hill in the future? Well, you probably can't imagine the number of times I've been asked that question in the, <laughs> in the year that I've been at Cog Hill. Yeah. And so then multiply that by about a million by the, for the Gem Six. Uh, times that they get asked that question. Let me give you what's great about podcasts and this is I can give you my uh, as unvarnished opinion. Sure. Um, I can say that, you know, it seems to me as a, as a PGA golf professional and, and following this all along that it's become, you know, more of a private club type of event, uh, particularly the BMW championship. I think that, I think frankly, the players expect different things they, than they can get at public facilities in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, all the stuff that made Cog Hill a great place to host the event have not changed. Um, Dubs is still, you know, obviously there were some complaints about the golf course from some high-level golfers. But you, if you're out there, you know it still could hold that kind of event. It's long enough. It's more. It's challenging enough. Uh, we've got enough parking. Um, the the market is uh, it would absolutely love to see it back there. So I don't think it's out of the question. I think it's um, one of those things that the cards all have to fall in the right order for us. And and I'm uh, you first. You're the first person I will say mention this. But yeah, the long drive thing would would give us some exposure on the television market wise that might that might put us back in front of some people. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you never know. I mean, I think Catherine Gem Six is interested in hosting other events if they become available to her. But that's the one. You know, they'd love to have that that tour event back there. Yeah, and we, we would love to see it too, obviously. I mean, it's it's just a fantastic golf course. It's it, it was a shame when it left, and I think, you know, you're right, obviously. With the World Long Drive, once that goes off, you're going to get a lot of exposure. People are going to be reintroduced, so to speak, because there's just such a, a budding group of younger players even who may not have experienced Cog Hill. Uh, I mean, the course is on video games, for crying out loud, kids. I mean, yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. Well, not with that, but, but they were, were planning, and I hope still still get a chance to do this, to do some you know some uh, some special interest-type focus uh, features during the, the long drive, and one of them being um, you know, Joe Jemsic, uh, a senior, uh, winning, that, winning that long drive um, mm-hmm. contest from the top of a, of a tower during the 1934 – world's fair and they were going to do a feature on that we've got some photos from it we've got some other things that we're going to promo that so it was going to be a great tie-in for us he was always known he, he always loved the fact that he was one of the longer hitters at that time and and uh, could kind of brag about that and and i always tell people people ask me what's my favorite part of the game 
hitting the driver has always been my favorite part of the game too. So, so I, I was looking forward and am looking forward to seeing uh, that here in, uh, in, in Lamont and in Chicagoland. Once again, folks, we're talking to Mr. Troy Newport. He is the general manager over at Cog Hill. And Troy, thank you so much for taking time today. And I know that uh, it's it's an uncertain time right now, but the work that you have done, even in your short time at Cog Hill, is exemplary. I can tell you that as a follow uh, as a fellow uh, Lamonster, is that what they call us in Lamont? They do. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I, I love it's a little I, it's a little Lady Gaga like. <laughs> I, I love I love everything that you're doing over there. Keep it up. I have to ask you one final question before I let you go. Sure. I noticed on social media you like your cigars. I do as well. <laughs> What's your favorite cigar? You know, I've got some go-tos, but I, I've always kind of been in love with the Monte Cristo company. Um, nice. Uh, you know, when I first started learning to smoke cigars, the, the Platinum Series was a big deal at that time. And uh, but I will, you know, I will I will pretty much try anything somebody puts in my hand. Um, but I don't. I wouldn't say I'm, I'm not at all a once a day kind of guy. But mm-hmm. I do love the the uh, time that is needed in order to enjoy a great cigar. So nobody's going to interrupt me for 45 minutes or mm-hmm. an hour while I'm sitting outside and enjoying that. So uh, I'm a Monte Cristo guy. I love the My Father uh, Company. It's they've done. They make some great stuff too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the Garcias. Um, and so, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's out there that's great. I, I don't know, um, and I don't try a lot of different stuff because I kind of found the things that I like, but uh, we'll have to have, we'll have to enjoy a cigar together sometime. Oh, absolutely. And we're getting into that, <laughs> we're getting into that peak season right now where you could actually sit out on the porch, and that's fine. I mean, we could social distance and, and have a cigar out on the I porch. I got a spot right here in front of the house. So we <laughs> move the chairs six feet apart, and everybody's good. Yeah, that sounds good to me, man. All right, folks. Well, once again, that was Mr. Troy Newport, the general manager over at Cog Hill. Troy, we will do more of this, as we already talked about, and I just want to thank you for coming on the show for the first time. Appreciate it, Adam. It's been great. We, we do look forward to a, uh, a continuing relationship with your uh, your blog and your, your um, presence, and you know we're, we're having a good time. <laughs>